come out wherever you are. Some unknown and unseen force had granted his ultimate wish. He was alone, sitting a bit uncomfortably with his solitude and silence, his thoughts and his books, wondering whether he had any right to make such a wish in the first place. Just two months earlier, the world had been a very different place. Vernon Parrish had been different. His friends, neighbors, and all of the townspeople had been of a quite different form and perspective as well. While his past was sometimes unbearable, life for Vernon Parrish had been normal, as far as he could recall, when compared with the most recent of his 72 years on this earth. Now he struggled to make sense of it all. Vern, as people knew him, had traveled to the town of Livingston, Montana for an initial visit on a parched and dusty summer afternoon not quite six years ago. As he drove into town that first day, it was love at first sight, and he never left. He had just retired as the mayor of a large suburb just outside of Chicago, and he went to Montana for peace and solitude and to get out of the public eye. He went for the mountains, the big sky, and of course, he went for the rivers. Fern's celebrity went with him, which he accepted since he realized he would never be able to fully escape the notoriety and attention from his past life. As mayor, he walked the streets of his town at any hour of the day or night, and people recognized him instantly. Cameras flashed often, and his every action and word was captured for some later public distribution, consumption, and criticism. However, in Montana it was different. Though he became well-known immediately and was respected for his broad smile and generous, outgoing personality, the townspeople of Livingston respected his privacy and cared only about the present. Many people in town, especially those who did not know him well, called him Mayor, both out of respect and because it was an easy name to remember. Vern didn't mind. He quickly realized that the people of Montana were sincerely the nicest people of any place he had visited in his lifetime. It was two months ago that Vern went into town, the town as he had come to know it, for the last time. Every other morning, for almost six years, after walking along the river with his golden retriever, Buddy, he would put the dog in the cab of his truck and drive into town for breakfast, a visit, and to pick up any supplies he might need. On that one particular and final day, a cold and windy day in May, he pulled up in front of the diner and immediately suspected that something was amiss. Everything looked right to him, the facade of the diner, the cars parked in the street, and the few scattered pedestrians walking along the sidewalk, but something didn't feel right. He cracked a window, gave Buddy a milk bone, and got out of his truck. He stood for a moment, looked, and listened as he chewed on a fingernail, but no revelation was forthcoming. He walked into the diner. Morning, Vern, said Bob Harrison, the proprietor, who stood behind the counter and wiped the worn linoleum anxiously. He did not look at Vern. Bob, Vern said. He walked along the full length of the counter and took his usual stool at the end near the paneled wall. He sat down on the diner stool, which was secured into the floor, 
and he spun around to observe the other patrons. It was then that he realized everyone had stopped talking, and he saw the many stolid and concerned faces pointed in his direction. Bob walked up to Vern casually, set a cup down, and poured it full to the brim with steaming coffee. He turned to walk away. Vern caught him. Bob? Bob turned. Yeah, Vern? A menu, please? Bob walked down to the end of the counter, grabbed a menu from the top of the stack, and walked back over. He set the menu down in front of Vern. What gives? Vern said. Feels like a Morgan here. Someone die? Bob shook his head, and his face showed disappointment. What is it, for Pete's sake? 